Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. It's Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Probably listening to this in December. Winter ball, baby. Winter meetings are coming up December 4th through 7th, so hopefully that gets the ball rolling on the hot stove. But we got some things to talk about today, including the big story right now, and that's the Dodgers and Justin Verlander. This is more than a rumor, folks. The Dodgers are legitimately interested in Justin Verlander, They had a meeting Tuesday afternoon via Zoom, and it appears that the Dodgers, per numerous MLB insiders, are one of the favorites to potentially sign the 40-year, probably Hall of Famer, multiple Cy Young winner, as recent as 2022, talking about Justin Verlander, who had a great season this past year, going 18-4, 185 strikeouts, over 175 innings pitched, and .829 whip, which is incredible, Obviously won the World Series as well. Um, So let's get the ball rolling here with Justin Verlander. I think this is more serious than I had anticipated just a couple weeks ago. I thought this was just reporters trying to gas things up. But as I'm speaking to you guys today, I do think that this interest is real. And I'm going to throw it out there right now. I think the Dodgers are going to sign Justin Verlander. I think the Houston Astros are perfectly comfortable moving on. I think Justin Verlander fits the mold that the Dodgers are looking for in a contract. Probably three years, roughly 40-ish million a year. He is 40, so that does scare me. I know I kind of criticized him last time we spoke that the age is a factor. It does scare me. I mean, most pitchers are not this good this late into their career. Had the Tommy John surgery, missed basically 2020 and 2021, but I just said he won the Cy Young. So clearly he's doing fine. This is a guy that likes the bright lights. My only criticism on him is not the fact that he's a Houston Astro. 
I could care less about that. It's more that he's just has not had a lot of success in the postseason. Really bad World Series record. He did bad against the Seattle Mariners. He did dominate the New York Yankees. He always seems to have their number. Had one terrible start against the Phillies. And then finally got his first World Series win in one of the clinching games against the Phillies. So, David Rosenthal, what are your thoughts on this interest with the Dodgers and Justin Verlander? Hate it. Absolutely hate it. I want nothing to do with Justin Verlander. He's 39 years old. His birthday is in February. He will be 40 years old before the first pitch of the MLB season in 2023 is thrown. I want nothing to do with him. I want nothing to do with his brother. I don't want to pay $120 million for a 40-year-old starting pitcher who is garbage, complete ass in the postseason. No thank you. Unequivocal no. I get the interest. I get it. He he's coming off of Cy Young. He was not going to demand a five multi, you know, four, five, six multi-year deal, which DeGrom probably will. So I get it. They're trying to just, you know, minimize the financial commitment. But man, do I hate this a lot. I, I, I really hope he does not sign with the Dodgers uh, for a, a multitude of reasons. I don't think he's going to pitch well for much longer. Uh, I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? We have three guys in the minor leagues who are more than capable of taking a, a rotation spot. There's other starting pitching on the market. You got you got our friend uh, Kodai Senga, uh, who is a pitcher. Now that we know that he's, he's a pitcher, how about we Verlander. sign him? Well, he's also okay, not well, going to cost what Justin Verlander is going to cost. Let me put this he's back into perspective. He's not 40 years old. He doesn't have an asshole brother. Julio Urias will be a free agent at the end of the season. Clayton Kershaw will also be a free agent at the end of the season after 2023. That's two spots right there. It's not going to kill you to sign Justin Verlander for two, maybe three years. He doesn't have a qualifying offer attached to him. You know this is a guy that can eat innings. He doesn't have injury history. Yeah, you have the Tommy John, but this guy was pitching 200 innings for like 15 years straight. So you'll give him a pass there. You would assume his elbow can hold up for at least another three to five years because he has expressed he does want to try to pitch until he's 45, kind of go in the Tom Brady route. But let me get Jake Ryder in on this fun. So what are your thoughts on all this? So I obviously wasn't on this podcast in 2017. None of us were because it didn't exist. But when when Justin Verlander's name came up as a potential trade uh, at the deadline and it was between kind of him and you, Darvish, I wanted Justin Verlander then, and you can ask anybody that I knew at that time. I was I really wanted Justin Verlander. I thought that uh, he would have fit really nicely with the Dodgers. And as it turned out, you know, you Darvish kind of shit the bed in the World Series and the rest is history. So now looking at Justin Verlander, I agree with a bunch of things that you guys have said. It does scare me the fact that he is turning 40 years old. It does scare me the fact that he doesn't pitch well in the playoffs. And that has been my thing since the Dodgers were eliminated by the Padres, we know the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs. That's that's a fact. There's no way that they're that they won't make the playoffs. So once they do, the question is who can who can perform in the postseason? And Verlander has a history of being not just not good; he's been very bad. Like arguably um, you, the worst World Series pitcher ever. And you think about all the opportunities he's had in the World Series and in the playoffs, and. He has one World Series win, which came in this past World Series. That's that's kind of scary. Um, uh, and 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 it's not something that I really am on board with. But here's the but: he 
has kind of defied all the odds that you would expect a pitcher of his age and what Kevin was saying, his workload to eventually become. I did not think that he'd be pitching this well, this late into his career and the fact that he won the AL Cy Young and is still pumping the ball 96, 97 miles an hour. That's insane. I don't know how he's doing that, but he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, his age really concerns me. And if, and, and if I, I had a choice between him and DeGrom, obviously I would want DeGrom, but it, it just seems like maybe they're thinking that the Mets are going to hang on to him. And so there's really no point. And he is attractive because he doesn't have the qualifying offer. He kind of meets the criteria of short term, high AAV, all of that jazz. The Dodgers do need starting pitching. They're thin uh, at that position. So it does make sense in that regard. But it just makes me very worried. His age and just, I don't know. I mean, so much can happen in a season. You sign a guy to a big contract. And then that same year, he has a terrible year. And now you're looking at this big contract with this really old pitcher that you, you can't get out of for at least a couple seasons. He's not a complete failure in the postseason. He's made. He's appeared. He's had 79 innings thrown in the ALDS 308 ERA with an eight and one record. He's thrown 80 innings in the ALCS seven and four with a 301 ERA. So. If he can do that, that at least gets the Dodgers to the World Series, I would assume. But yeah, he just has to get over that hump. We've been to the World Series. We just can't win it. That's the that's the problem. He's not the- been to the World Series since 2020. That is now two seasons ago. That is two seasons too long. This we've been be to the world since 2017. We've been to the World Series three times. And how many have they won? One. That's my point. No, my point is we just got knocked out of the NLDS winning one playoff game. I want guys that are going to get us back to the World Series because making the playoffs is not good enough. Is he, was he going to hit with score, with runners in scoring position for us in that series? The bullpen no. gave up five runs in game. So he's coming four. out of the bullpen now? No, but he will doing? give you hopefully six or seven innings versus what they did with Tyler Anderson, who gave them five innings, and then they tried to trust the bullpen. Okay, and It well, wasn't just that. Kershaw gave up three runs. Urias gave up three runs. So our starters were not exactly perfect i mean look at his first start in the world series it was garbage and his second start wasn't much better he's not yeah, a good he's... postseason pitcher he's just not i just read the stats he is a great postseason pitcher he's, no, just he's not, not a great world series he had six innings against the yankees where he struck out 11 of them in the alcs in 2017 bad he was unhittable as well the padres are not better than the dodgers i don't care about a small sample size. When you look at Justin Verlander's resume, we're talking about a 16 and 11 record, 207 innings thrown. He's the all-time postseason strikeout leader. We bash Kershaw all we want, but he doesn't have a he has a lower ERA than Clayton Kershaw in the postseason. So I mean, you, no got, you got to factor I'm, in the the relievers who have let Kershaw down in that. I mean, John Weissman has that score, that Excel sheet where you can see a detailed version of every Kershaw start in the postseason and see how many runners, the relievers that came in after him, uh, inherited runners scored. Uh, it's at a clip that's unimaginable in today's day and age. So, I mean, Kershaw's gotten a bad rap for for many reasons. But look, back to the Verlander front. Kershaw has pitched well in the in the World Series, too. He has. Except outside of one game in Houston, <laughs> or, uh, in Houston when they were right. cheating, game five. Um, yeah. 
And so it's I just, just, I just don't That's see this point. working. I just don't see it working. The age, just everything. I just, I think he's like, just not meant to be a Dodger. I was, I was with Jake in 2017. I would have liked Verlander over Darvish. I think that would have worked. I think if that had happened, he'd still be a Dodger today, obviously. And we, we'd be enjoying the benefits of him, but I honestly just think the ship sailed. I think they just got to go with somewhere else. Uh, I just really, I really hope this does not come to fruition. I have a really bad feeling if they sign him. Well, we better, we better uh, start, uh, figuring that out soon because it looks like they are going to, they are going to sign it. And it also looks like the fact that the Dodgers have kind of are not, are not being as aggressive in the off season as they have in the past. Their whole mantra is that they want the young guys to come up and they, and they want to see what they have in the farm system, which, which I like. So basically they're, they're going to be signing Justin Verlander and maybe not much else, even though, I would I would like them to go after a shortstop. I would like them to get a Xander Bogarts or a Carlos Correa and and just fill in this other spots, you know, with kind of lesser, not lesser guys, but guys that that don't demand a a huge contract. I, I think that. It's reasonable to to shell out big money for two players, a a really good starting pitcher and a really good shortstop. And then you fill in the and then you fill in the blanks uh, for the rest of the roster. That's that's what I would do. I I, I I but but it doesn't feel like they're they're going to go all in on a big shortstop. It just doesn't feel that way. It does not. My last thoughts on Justin Verlander. The Dodgers need a big name starter, and the market just not does not offer many sexy options right there. I just don't think well, Jacob. The, DeGrom... Well, there is there is the sexiest option of all time, which is Jacob Degrom. Okay, let's but, let's not go with all time. That's a reach. But well, you when, know what I'm saying. You're saying there's not a lot of sexy this, options. There's the sexy option. That is the there is one, and the Dodgers are barely even in the mix at this point. It looks like he's going back to the Mets. If it's not the Mets, well, that's probably why because they probably got indication that he's going to stay there. Yeah, and then there's no one else really free agent wise. Do you really want to roll the ball on Carlos Rodon and give him? No, I don't million? want Carlos Rodon exactly. at all. I don't want him at all. So if they're going to spin that pay, chamber, if they're going to pay one guy, why would you spin that chamber? He's 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 so injury prone that guy, and we he don't fine gonna, last and we year. have too many lefties. I agree with that, but over a forty-year-old ancient pitcher with a terrorist brother and an injury history, and it's more about it's more stats. Admit it, it's more about it's Ben not, Verlander. It's not. It's more, more about Ben Verlander no, than it is Justin not. Verlander. It's not more about Ben Verlander. That is absolutely a baggage that I also don't want. But I don't want the player because he's forty fucking years old. He's forty. <laughs> he's not thirty. He's forty. Clayton Kershaw is thirty-three. To put that in perspective, thirty-three. Okay. It's only a matter of time. He just had Tommy John. This this last past season feels like he gave the littlest bit of everything else he had left in this past season. I think he's, he's a ticking time bomb to just implode and get hurt and suck. Even if he has a three ERA, I'll take that. The Dodgers need someone that's going to eat innings. Verlander's always been that guy in his career. And despite your biases saying he can't pitch in the postseason, which is wrong, He's been to like four or five World Series now. Clearly, he can pitch in the postseason. I just want a guy that can get us back to the World Series and will tackle that dilemma that he sucks when it matters most later on. But I do not want another year where we get bounced in the freaking first round after winning 111 games. Well, that had nothing to do with starting pitching. 
It kind of did. It kind of did. No, it didn't. They had to over. They had to use the bullpen a lot, and the bullpen, when it mattered most, did not succeed. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. That was only in the last. The Dodgers were up three nothing in Game Four. That was in the last. They shouldn't have been in that fucking position to begin with. That yes, the bullpen was bad, and it was honestly only really Tommy Canely that was bad. That's also not true because, first of all, Yancy Almonte gave up runs two and three. They just were charged to Canely, and then Alex Vessia came in, gave up runs four and five, which were charged to Almonte, I believe. So well, you're wrong the, there. The, and Clayton uh, Kershaw, not, I, Clayton Kershaw wasn't exactly that. If sharp. Tommy Canely does his job, we're not even having this conversation right now. The point is, is that he shouldn't have been in there in the first place, and then when he got into trouble, he, the the other we two guys shouldn't have been brought Tony in. Gonsolin get four outs. We were kind of going through this thing that we do every year where we're scrambling to have a full rotation make starts in October. We scored one run in that game. It didn't matter. That, we, that, what game? That game that Tony Gonsolin pitched. We lost two to one. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Okay. That's one game. They lost three games. Yeah. And and they only scored three runs in the other one that they lost. And in and in the last one that they lost, they only scored three runs. And they had many opportunities to blow the doors off those games and win them. Like they did all season. It was the, all the offense. All of it. All of the responsibility of that series loss falls on the offense. No, no one else. Not 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 the starting pitching, not the bullpen, and not Dave Roberts. The offense. Okay, you know well, why that's you, you, you know all wrong you know, there. First of all, you can definitely put some blame on Dave Roberts. He does not get no blame. Oh, of course, of course he gets blame. He gets blame in that final last game that he gets blame for, but the rest of it is on the offense. I mean, you think about it. 
if if the Dodgers didn't score five runs in the first in the first game, we'd be talking about how Julio Rios let us down. Yeah, and it, you can't just be complacent with what they had a year ago. You gotta adapt. Do I expect? No, I'm not saying that they don't that they don't need starting pitching. Of course they do. They lost Tyler then, Anderson. Then what are we arguing here? Let's and they move lost- on. I think it's a pretty good debate point because I think I I think the key to the success of this team is putting guys on this roster that can hit in the playoffs. That's the that's the that's, big key to all of this. I think the key to winning in the playoffs is having the best starters go. And unfortunately the Dodgers hitters just were shit for four games. But, but it had nothing to do with the starting pitching. The starting pitching always, was fine. You always put yourself in the best situation to win when you have your best possible starters going. And I don't expect Tony Gonsolin to be the same guy in 2023. We don't know what we're going to get out of Dustin May. He scored Kirk. one goddamn run in that game. One goddamn run. Yep. And okay. Tony Gonsolin was bad. Andrew Haney was fine. Andrew Heaney isn't even, a Dodger. I don't even think Tony Gonsolin was bad. That's exactly what I expected Tony Gonsolin to do in that game because they didn't even build him up. They let they two regular season starts, let him throw 30 pitches. Oh, yeah, maybe we can get and four you outs. Know what, Why the fuck are we starting someone who's going to get four outs is? from in the fucking postseason? What are we doing? You got to burn your bullpen in game three, and then you go to them in game four, and what happened? They looked gassed. So it it's a ripple effect. At the end of the day, things add up, and that's what happened to the Dodgers. I'm not blaming the starting pitching. That was the Dodgers' strength this year. I'm saying you continue to make that the strength. So how do you do that? You sign a guy like Justin Verlander because you don't have Walker Buehler in 2023. Julio Urias is in his contract year. So at least maybe Justin Verlander, you got him for three years. So this isn't just a one-year plan. This is two, three-year plan. Give the- give Julio Urias this money. We're going to give Verlander. <laughs> oh, God. We can go back to that later. Let's move on. The Dodgers have made moves this offseason. It's nothing flashy, but they did sign Shelby Miller, a right-handed 32-year-old pitcher, to one here, $1.5 million guaranteed deal plus incentives. The right-hander has basically been bad as a starter the last five, six years. Um, Last season, very small sample size in four games through seven innings, but did have 14 strikeouts. That was with the Giants, had a 643 ERA, but somehow that equated to an 040 FIP. I don't know how you go from a 643 ERA to a 0.40 FIP. Maybe one of you guys know that stat better than me. But he is a proven pitcher. He was an all-star with the Braves, went 6-17, and 17, but still was somehow an all-star with a 302 ERA. Most notably was traded to Arizona that following season for Dansby Swanson. We know how that worked out for the Braves and unfortunately for the Diamondbacks. I don't think the Dodgers are signing this guy to be a starting pitcher, though. I expect him to be the next reincarnation of Joe Blanton, Jimmy Nelson, a guy that's going to come out of the pen, throw gas, throws a four-seamer, a cutter, can work with Mark Pryor to even perfect his slider even more. Um, In AAA last season, appeared in 43 games, had a 287 ERA with 69 strikeouts over 53 innings, so... Uh, final thoughts on Shelby Miller. Low risk, high reward type of guy. Tommy Canely likely gone. There's ten plus teams interested on him, interested in him. So you you lose Canely, probably added Miller. We see what happens. If there's one thing I can trust in this front office and also this this coaching staff, 
mainly the pitching staff. But there's one thing I can count on. It's it's when you hear a guy and you go, who is this guy? Or that guy's still in the league? Or why this guy? If you're asking any of those questions, it's probably a good thing because typically what happens with those guys is that they surprise you. So I don't really, you know, care so much about this move and until we see it come to fruition, they must see something in this guy that, um, you know, clearly is not reflected in his uh, abysmal stats over his whole career, but I'm willing to, to, you know, see what happens with him. And if he, and if, if he performs great, if he doesn't, then, you know, so be it. I don't really have a take on this. You know, I, I, the nerds like this signing. So sure. Sounds good. I do remember him starting a postseason game as a Cardinal against the Dodgers many years ago, and I think he pitched pretty fine. So, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Shelby Miller will be on the 40-man roster. Will be the next ver- the next Evan Phillips, potentially, a guy that we're just raving about coming out of the pen, I hope. Jake was ta- talking about the, the shortstop market early on, but let's take a break here to talk about tick pick real quick. The holidays are rolling around, so if you're thinking about buying something for your loved one, your best friend, your crazy grandpa, that uncle you don't want to see. Go to TickPick. First-time listeners have a chance to use the promo code INCLINE, all caps, on the TickPick app. You'll save 10 bucks right away using that promo code INCLINE on your first purchase of 49 or more dollars. Awesome site. You can go see the Rams, the Chargers, the Lakers, the Clippers, your favorite concert, your favorite musical, wherever you live. This is not just Los Angeles. This is around the country and there's no service fees. So TickPick, thank you for sponsoring the show. Uh, We appreciate your great service and you are one of the better ticket services out there. So go to TickPick.com, use that promo code INCLINE, save some money. And it's it's a really good time to to do that, honestly, right now, especially if you're in L.A., because all the L.A. teams suck right now. So tickets are going to be cheap. You're going to be even cheaper if you use TickPick. The Lakers suck, the Clippers suck, the Rams suck, and the Chargers kind of suck. So if you like those teams, I would I would go to TickPick to get a cheap ticket. Also, don't forget about the Kings and the Ducks. That too. I think <laughs> the Kings are actually pretty good this year. I think so too, but the Ducks are are bad. Kings gave up nine goals last night. Right, <laughs> yeah, that well. was such a weird score. All right, so the shortstop market. There are the big names out there. Trey Turner, Xander Bogart, Dansby Swanson, and Carlos Correa. So let's get your guys' thoughts on do you think the Dodgers are going to sign one of these shortstops? I know Jake already kind of alluded to it. Um, so I'll go back to you, Jake. Where do you think the Dodgers are in this chase? Well, I, I think they're they're out on Trey Turner. And if you believe John Paul Morosi, who's kind of been the only one, you know, sending out these rumors as of late, uh, it appears that he is, you know, that Trey Turner is most likely going to the Phillies, um, according to him. Now, in terms of the other shortstops on the market, I like all three of them. I like Bogarts, I like Correa, and I like Swanson. And I think that the, that it would behoove the Dodgers to get one of those players. Do I think that they will? Doesn't seem that way. It doesn't seem like they're kind of in on any shortstop right now. Uh, it appears that maybe they're ready to just kind of, you know, see what happens with Gavin Lux, moving him over to short. I don't really think that I don't want to, I don't like that. I, I know that he's a natural shortstop, but I'd rather have someone kind of a cornerstone, kind of like a, uh, not a face of the franchise, but to go along with, you know, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts to have that guy at shortstop. It's 
one of the most important positions on the field. And you want a guy that not only can field the position, which those three players I just mentioned can some better than others, but also perform in the postseason. And obviously we've talked at length about Correa and his 18 postseason home runs, and he would be my top target. I don't care, you know, about the cheating scandal anymore. I've kind of gotten over that. Um, it still sucks, obviously, to look back at those times. But at this point, it's like, I, I just want to win a World Series. I don't care anymore. I don't want to get bounced in the first round anymore. I don't want to win one playoff game anymore. I want to get to the World Series. I want to win one in a full motherfucking season because I'm tired of hearing about this Mickey Mouse trophy bullshit, even though I truly and honestly believe that the 2020 championship is legitimate. Ask any of those players that was on that team. Ask any real baseball Dodgers fam, they will say that it's legit. But honestly, I, j- I-, I want a full season one. I want to be able to go. I want to be able to be a part of the parade. I want all of those things as a Dodgers fan. And growing up as a Dodgers fan, we've yet to experience that. So I don't care anymore about any cheating scandal. Bring me the best players to put on the field to win a championship. That's all I care about. That was a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's been a minute since I've been on the show, so I figure like I got, had to uh, <laughs> unload on you guys. Uh, you know, I it's the more the more this drags on, the more it's okay. Well, first of all, I don't believe a word John Paul Morosi is saying. He is like a tabloid at this point. He's just talking to talk. So I don't. I wouldn't take his reports that seriously. That being said, it does seem like the Dodgers are kind of content to not sign one of these guys. Uh, I think it was John again today who was like, yeah, Trey Turner, uh, the Phillies have emerged for Trey Turner. And it's like, all right, are you going to give something with substance or are you just talking to talk again? Because you're you're just talking. You're not you're not backing up this up with anything. I don't think they're going to sign Correa. He would be my first choice as well. I, I like the attitude. I like the, the offense and the defense combination. I like all of it. Uh, not sold on Dansby Swanson. Bogarts, I think, is underrated. Uh, and who's the, the last, oh, oh yeah, Trey, I would love Trey back. I, I think I would love Trey back more than most people would after what some consider a bad postseason. I considered a, a pretty solid postseason, but I don't know. I think they're just content to just kind of ride this out. Uh, maybe sign like either a stopgap shortstop or just play, play Lux there for a year and see how it goes and then readjust next season. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I think a lot, you know, Nothing has happened yet. I, I think that's for a reason. I think all these guys are kind of weighing offers and, and teams are still making offers. So let's let's just let it play out. I think the most likely scenario at this moment in time is that Gavin Lux will be the Dodgers opening day shortstop. He's played a lot of those. He's played a lot of innings in the minors at the position and he's the cheap natural fit. The second most likely option, I do think if they are unable to reach an agreement with Justin Verlander, I think they immediately pivot to Xander Bogarts for whatever reason, that the the Dodgers and Bogarts market has been heating up, although Xander is tied to a lot of teams, including the Padres, the Diamondbacks, the Red Sox, of course. So they will be competitive, but he does seem what like the, the Padres. Chief... What are the Padres doing? Um, Apparently, teams are potentially trying to convince him to play first base um, because he's not a great shortstop defensively. But... Yeah, I, so first base makes sense. I mean, he could probably play second too. I, I don't. I mean, what do you? I mean, let's get back to the point. He's a great hitter. He's basically a lock to hit three hundred every season. Um, postseason wise, not the greatest, but he did win a World Series with the Red Sox, of course. 
I think that the Dodgers like his bat. I think you put him in, he's instant offense, and he's kind of like the cheaper but still pretty solid shortstop, kind of on par with what Trevor Story got. If Bogarts is poached right away, I think the third option is they go into the trade market, and there's some mixed mixed uh, reports out there whether the Brewers are willing to extend Willie Adamas or if the offer is right, they might trade him to a team. And there was one report out there that the Dodgers – we're potentially interested in swinging a trade with the Brewers. So I could see that fit. Former Tampa Bay guy, great defensively, kind of a solid hitter. Uh, was struck out by Julio Arias looking in the World Series. So he does that. He does have that going against him. As much as I like the Carlos Correa idea, I don't think it's happening. It seems like 10 years, 300 plus million is his destiny at this point. And with Scott Boris as his agent, I think Correa is going to get what he wants. And Trey Turner is for sure not coming back. You can just basically block that one. He's going up the East Coast. Um, any... I mean, I, I don't I wouldn't say for sure. I've I don't think the crazier Dodgers, things happen. I don't think the Dodgers have even had a conversation with Trey yet. It just seems over. Do you guys remember like years ago? This is years ago is when we signed uh, Rafael for call and it looked like he was in agreement with the Braves. And then at the last second, the Dodgers swooped in and signed. Do you guys remember that at all? No. I don't Twitter remember was, that Twitter saga. Was no. no, it was. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I just remember that. So that my, my point is, is that yes, crazier things have happened. All right. Some quick hits here. The Dodgers earlier this offseason offered Aaron judge 214 million laughable, Maybe. laughable. Maybe. That's like a slap in the face. The Yankees offered him 300 million. Still laughable. I don't know what teams are doing here. Aaron Judge is not going to settle us for $300 million. Why are they wasting his time? Still don't want the Dodgers to sign him. More, more realistic, though, and with the Angels trading for Hunter Renfro because they were in this mix, I think the Dodgers, this is my lock of the offseason, I think the Dodgers are going to sign Mitch Hanniger. 39 home runs hit in 2021. Kind of a similar guy to A.J. Pollock. Maybe slightly better with the bat. Probably not slightly better defensively. There's your left fielder because this team needs some damn outfielders. And I don't trust Trace Thompson to be that right-handed bat. So give me the power hitter. This guy has had success against lefties. Averages like an 850 OPS. Calling it now. Mitch Hanniger, that's your Dodgers outfielder. I would like that sign I like a it. lot. I like it too. Um, There were some rumors out there that the Dodgers might go after Alex Reyes. Gave up the walk-off to Chris Taylor in the 2021 wildcard game. This would be a reclamation project. Did not pitch in 2022. Recovered from shoulder surgery or some type of procedure. Don't know if you guys have any thoughts on Reyes, but with the addition of Shelby Miller, I don't know if that's happening now. Yeah, and I'd then, like to, you know, more... You can never have enough pitching, so I, I, I'm i all for whatever, whoever they want to sign in, in that regard. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think, you know, Shel- signing Shelby Miller is going to detract them from, you know, continuing their offseason plans. I don't think it's like a we got our guy situation. I think it's a, oh, let's just sign this guy for nothing and hope it works out situation. The 40 man is filling up, and I think the next reliever they sign would be the big name, hopefully a closer type of pitcher, because I still think they need that. GD, Lou, Hash, or Hosh, Asking us to predict the opening day lineup. <laughs> what was it? What was his handle again? I think GD Lou, GD Lou Hosh. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of a premature question, GD Lou Hoff. 
I appreciate the question, but I, you know, I, I don't know. We don't know who's going to be the shortstop. We don't know who's going to be the left fielder. The only thing we know is Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, and Will Smith and Gavin Lux are going to be in there somewhere. Uh, you assume Chris Taylor probably will, will be in there. Miguel Vargas, you can probably assume will be in there. Uh, barring a Al- Justin Altman, Turner signing, maybe possibly Altman. So I think, you know, after those five guys, we don't know yet. My prediction, because they're facing the Arizona Diamondbacks at home. So you assume Zach Gallon's taking them out. Oh, you're, you're really going in on this. I'm taking this question serious. I, okay. I appreciate our listeners. Mookie Betts leading off in right field. Max Muncy batting second as your DH. Freddie Freeman first. Will Smith catcher. Mitch Hanniger in left. Gavin Lux shortstop. James Outman batting seventh in center field. Chris Taylor at second and Miguel Vargas batting ninth and at third. And your starting pitcher, Justin Verlander. Oh, God. They're giving him the opening day. Oh, yeah, nod, he's huh? just our opening day guy now. If you're giving him that freaking amount of money, he better be your opening day starter. So just Julio Arias should just go fuck himself eventually. <laughs> who won the Cy Young? I mean, who cares? Who's been on the Dodgers for seven years and been one of the best pitchers in baseball for the last three? Justin Verlander. No, Justin Verlander hasn't pitched in two years till last you, And year. he wasn't on the Dodgers. I don't think they give a damn. I think opening day starters is kind of overrated to begin with. But if you're going to make Justin Verlander your ace, then you're going to give your ace the opening day start. And I'll I bet you 20 bucks. If they sign him, I'll bet you 20 bucks he doesn't start opening day. All right. We'll see. Okay. We'll, we'll bring bring that up when it happens. Witness. <laughs> Um, okay, so Rolo H88. Do you see the Dodgers taking a year off from major acquisitions as a way to get below this luxury tax threshold as a and reset? So I guess the question is, are the Dodgers not going to sign anyone big? It seems like that's what they're trying to do. It seems like that's why they're not um kind of going all in on on every free agent that that's out there. Um, it's it's probably the reason why they probably won't sign a shortstop, which is why that that report about the Aaron Judge offer is kind of weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, number one, that it would leak. And number two, the 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 figure, the number figure. Why even why even offer him that? It makes no well, sense. Well, it was a super short you know, it was for like four years or something. Did they say what, how long it was for? It was well, four years. Have, yeah, it wasn't a, you know, 10 year deal for that. They're not. Oh, I, 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 all I saw was two fourteen. That's all. Yeah, I saw. It was a short term offer. Probably five years. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, I, we kind of talked about this last episode. I do think they're going to get just under the tax. So it resets. That doesn't mean they can't spend though. They got about a hundred million dollars worth, you know, that they can spend now. Uh, so they can, they can do both and they can do both successfully. Uh, I think they may not get Correa, maybe not Trey Turner, maybe not, obviously not Aaron judge. Uh, but there's plenty of other guys they can spend on and they, they are going to get very damn close to that luxury tax marker, which is 233 million. Uh, so I think they do get to around 230, 232 million, uh, and do, do a little bit of mix of both. All right, we're running out of time here, so I'll give this listener who asked a number of questions so you can ask us more of these next week. Third Eye Scott, what would it take for the Dodgers to land Corbin Burns in a trade and Willie Adamas? But we already talked about that, so Corbin Burns is probably more the expense. Go ahead, David. Um, well, I, I would like this package a lot. I would I think that trade would 
greatly benefit the Dodgers. I think it's going to cost a lot, though. I think Tony Gonsolin would absolutely be in that trade. Uh, I think it's going to cost at least two of the top, I'll say, 10 prospects as well. Uh, and then probably some kind of major league talent as well. Uh, I'm not sure who that is, uh, but I think if they're going to do some kind of trade with like a Corbin Burns or Pablo Lopez type situation, I think it's safe to say Tony Gonsolin and probably Ryan Pepio as well uh, will be on the way out. I'm out. I think the cost for Corbin Burns is too high. He's already pitched the best he possibly could pitch the last two seasons. I'm out. I just, I think it's way too of a buy high. I would prefer to buy someone that's more on the low side, like a Tyler Glass now. And that's where I stand. Talk about that guy. He can't, he can never stay on the field. I also don't think he's that good. Throws hard. I think he'd, he'd benefit a lot from Mark Pryor, but he, he has a lot of red flags for me. All right. We got a couple minutes left. So anything else you guys want to cover real quick? I mean, this is just a weird off season so far. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I was going too. you know, it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but um, you know, I, I trust that the Dodgers are going to put a winning team on the field. Obviously. I mean, even, even without making any of these moves, I think that they, they can win the division with the roster that they currently have. It's just about planning ahead for October. It's, it's really the, the number one thing that I'm looking for is who, who can they find that's going to perform when the lights are the brightest. With the winter meetings happening next week, that's when things will pick up. They think Justin Verlander will sign around that time. There will probably be a big trade somewhere. Aaron Judge will probably be the first big-name free agent to sign as well. Also, why isn't they? Why haven't they announced Kershaw yet? That's what I'm saying. 40-man 40 40 stuff. They're, I, they're I don't buy that. 40 men. What else would that. it be? They have like five open spots. It's got to be the money. Eh. It's, it's got to be the money. No, because we have no, not heard, it's not the money. We have not heard the exact dollar. He's not holding out over an extra no, $2 million. I'm not, not saying there. it's no. him. I'm saying it's the Dodgers are trying to manipulate a way to get like 232 because 233 is like that magic threshold number. I think the Dodgers. This is trying... all procedural and, and, and money wise, like tax wise. This has nothing to do. Kershaw will be a Dodger. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, no one's saying that. I'm saying. They're waiting on the money. They've got to, they've got to like calculate it with their little calculator because they're nerds. Yeah, yeah. All right, quick right here. Plus. Three sports teams' names that I think are horrible. First off, Cleveland Guardians. The name change, I get it for political reasons. Bad. But the Guardians, that makes no sense with Cleveland whatsoever. Bad. Another bad team name, the Phillies. Might be the most laziest team name in all of sports. Philadelphia Phillies. Really? I mean, the 76ers, that's an awesome name. You get the Liberty there. But really, the Phillies, awful. And the, finally, the, the other terrible sports team name, the Pelicans. How do you go from the New Orleans Hornets to the New Orleans Pelicans? If you're on that roster and you're a Pelican, how do you get fired up? Maybe the weakest bird of all the sports teams out there. Bird. I don't get it. Like, Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Thank you again to Fansided and TickPick. We'll be back next week when the Dodgers hopefully make some more roster moves. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. And the Incline Dodgers Awards year two, they're out there now. I'll have the link below. Make sure to vote. Lots of fun categories out there. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.